Hi. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Okay. For some reason, it wasn't making the ringing sound. <sighs> but <laughs> I think it's working. So that's good. Yay. It basically was like, you know what? I don't care that you like old Skype. I'm going to make sure you have to use new Skype. So here we are. Yeah. No, I've I've been in that boat. Um I, I while while Microsoft has said that they are extending support for uh Skype 7, uh the the classic Skype um because of customer demand and uh a lack of feature parity uh and just general revulsion at Skype 8. Uh they they uh don't seem to have supported that really like on the back end with that decision because I've had instances where uh, I've reverted back to Skype 7 and it wouldn't launch or it ended in the middle of a call and I couldn't get it to reopen, but then it reopened later. Oh, that happened to me too. Except when I Mm -hmm. did that, uh, like it stopped working in the middle of the call. I got it to relaunch and it became Skype 8. It literally in the middle of the conversation decided, you know what? You don't get to have a talk anymore. You're going to just uh, wait until I update myself, even though I don't want you to do that, even though you don't want me to do that. Sorry, I forgot which um, which character I was playing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it it, it is. It is a mess. Uh, And to everyone listening to this uh, who's like, oh, man, all these podcasters have so many problems with Skype, why don't they try something else? And it's like, well, it's just the least bad thing, um, I believe is what Jason Snell says. Uh, I, like, I don't know. Some Someday I may move to uh, FaceTime audio, maybe. Ay, um, because, mio. Yeah, uh, but like, it's one of those situations where it's that that's not a perfect system either. Uh, so I'm not a perfect system. Wow. Th- thank you. You're welcome. Question mark. I am uh I'm your hype man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel hyped, hype man, Joe? Micah. I'm so hyped. I have coffee. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um so have you had coffee? I have not had coffee yet this morning. Um Wow. Yeah. You're you're, you're very peppy for somebody who hasn't had coffee. You know, sometimes I just feel the pep, the the zing and the pep in pep, your step. The pep in my step. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw a really horrifying image of Peppa Pig the other day. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure. I know who Peppa Pig is. Um, Peppa Pig is, I believe, a PBS character. Uh, oh. I want to make sure. Definitely a children's cartoon character. Um, okay. About a little, a little pink pig with a red dress. Uh, and someone on Twitter had an avatar. Of Peppa Pig wearing bondage gear. See, this is why I can't be on Twitter anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was very unsettling. I was unsettled to to put it mildly. No kink yeah. shaming. Just, just, yeah, just you know, no like kid cartoon plus bondage equals no, no. See, on Mastodon, that would at least be behind a content warning. Ah, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Joe, can you just go ahead? I so uh lots of people have lots of questions about Mastodon and you chose to answer those questions. Well, not I mean, you you wrote about it and it answers a lot of the questions that I think people have and helps to explain a little bit about what Mastodon is. But if people haven't, like what was um what was the motivation behind writing this piece and what can you tell me about federated timelines? <laughs> Uh, okay, so, uh, there was a, a moment the previous week, uh, where I was like, you know what, screw, screw all of this, um, I'm, I'm just tired of Mastodon, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm tired of Twitter, uh, I'll go try Mastodon, and then I was like, you know what, it's fun over here, so I'm gonna be over here, and then other people were asking questions because they were interested in going over, and... I found that there was not a good resource to explain any of this stuff. Like I, I had a lot of questions, uh, and I was like, there, there, there isn't like a good onboarding process for this. Uh, it's not even like 
uh, as you click around the interface, it's like, oh, that's what that does. No, it, it's very, very uh, opaque in some respects. And so uh, I kind of wrote something because I couldn't find anything because people kept asking me questions. And even though I was just on the service, I had a couple of things that I was able to figure out because I had just persisted in looking them up in various other lo locations that they existed or other people had told me that's how something worked. And I was just like, okay, fine. Just put it all in one spot. And uh, so that blog post is very long, uh, but there's just a lot of stuff about how Mastodon is a different social network from uh, Twitter, and that while it may look like Twitter on the surface, uh, it is not the kind of thing where you sign up and lock down your, your name on a new service, and then you're just like all set because... Your instances and you're like what, what what's an instance and it's like well that means you didn't lock down your name because you could be your name on any server and it's like what does that mean it's like well have you heard of email um <laughs> you know it's it's like uh then then everybody's just kind of sad because why we, why would you want to recreate a social network based on email but um uh that's that's of course not exactly the whole point um as, as i'm sure you are aware uh you basically have uh, an instance uh, which is a server uh, or a virtual server uh, mm -hmm. that has a bunch of code running on it that says, hi, I am I am a Mastodon, and I talk to <laughs> other Mastodons. And uh, that creates this sort of federated connection where uh, your instance of Mastodon talks to another instance of Mastodon. And while it looks like you're on the same experience, well, it looks like you're in a very Twitter-like experience, um, what you're seeing on that network is your interaction with everybody on the network and the interactions of that network with connected networks. So you don't see everyone in the universe if you're on a small instance that's not connected to very many uh, other uh, instances. So if you join like Mastodon.social though, uh, that is sort of, the, that was the default landing spot uh, then you would see basically everything because they're connected to almost everything since they're the default. Uh, so there's somebody there who's talking to somebody somewhere else in almost all places. Um, and that uh, creates what I found to be an unusable uh, experience if you wanted to look at a certain view of yeah. the app. Um, where, uh, different from Twitter, you have a home um, timeline, which is just like Twitter, uh, or I should say classic Twitter. It's, it's chronological. It's not an algorithmic timeline. <laughs> so you're seeing things like you would in a Twitter app in, you know, 2009. Um, that exists uh, in one, like, column. And then you have another timeline called local, which is everybody on the instance you are on. Um, so if you're on a small instance... You may know everyone on that instance and already follow them, in which case local would be useless. But if you are on a large instance, then local could theoretically be of some value because it would be all of the other people who are on uh, the, the the same thing as you, but not the other uh, not the other instances that are connected to it. And then there's federated, which is everything, all the stuff you're connected to, um, and that is why it's unusable on a large instance because you're just going to get everything uh it's sort of like turning on the fire hose of like all information um but uh and uh, <laughs> there there are different filtering mechanisms to try to make that usable but i i don't think that yeah it works yeah i'm I not sure i minor... understand like i i shouldn't say i don't understand it i understand it uh, by your your explanation and by others' explanations, so you don't don't worry about having to send me anything that explains it. I get it. I don't get why <laughs> one would use it. I guess. So if you yeah. do want to tell me why you like the federated timeline, yeah. If, well, sorry. The, the if you want to tell me why you like this timeline, then go ahead, and I will like you can you can send those tweets at me <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I I will say why. I, I don't like it at all when I was on the instance Mastodon.social. Like I said, it was just overwhelming. And there's 
uh, since it's everything, there's a ton of stuff you're not going to be interested in. And there's not a good, useful way to filter that. There, There's language filters for uh, other languages. There's other things you can do to kind of tweak it. But I, I don't think it helped. Uh, what d- did help was moving to a smaller instance where I have other friends who are on it. Uh, so the interests that they have are vaguely aligned with my own and because of that uh the federated timeline isn't just things that i'm interested in but also things that they're interested in if you can think if you want to think about it that way so if i pop over to the federated timeline i can look at it and see that dan has his rss bot that he made uh sorry it's a bookmarklet bot where he has an account that uh (laughs) He's trying to make. He, he he said he's trying to make instant paper. So he has an account that creates a bookmark to himself on a uh, on a on a on a bot account that he can follow with his real account and <laughs> read later. And I just think that it's such love, a Dan thing. I, yes, I love. <laughs> it's just so on brand. It's on Dan, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, and but there's also other stuff like I don't follow Nevin Mergen, um, but he appears in federated timeline and sometimes somebody it's follows him that's the kind of scary <laughs> thing it's like anyone could call it, who's following i don't know this account about bees and then they would either <laughs> look at dan you or me uh as the perpetrators so i think that that's the one thing that kind of i don't know not bothers me but it you have to make sure like if you're if you are interested in creating a feder if you're interested in creating one of these timelines that works for you when the uh, Mastodon.social one doesn't, then I feel like you do have to sort of be picky and choosy with whom you allow to be part of your of your instance. Part of your world. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So, yeah, no, it's true. Um, And I think that kind of makes some of the instances kind of clicky uh, because if you hope to use the federated timeline, then you kind of have to be like, okay, well, if I let you in here and please you like... don't, please take off your shoes at the door and don't, <laughs> don't, don't leave, leave that stuff lying around. We've yeah, talked like, about this. Don't leave you, it lying around. Okay. Sorry. Go if ahead. You just follow accounts that like just post images of feces and whoa that, that is your thing and then you're on my 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 server and then you're populating it with images of feces then i'm gonna be very upset uh fortunately you can mute that person but uh and and there are even like tools that the person running the instance can use to uh like sort of moderate uh what is visible by that person you can even uh the person running the instance can even shadow ban somebody which is like a, a bulletin board thing um from from way back in the day uh but uh that that's like not really the important part uh i think a lot of people get really hung up on um oh god don't worry micah. it's not an account it's not an account i'm, I, I'm not i'm not gonna click on it you micah trust has, me micah sent me a message that is https colon slash <laughs> okay, slash relay i mean okay mastodon Siri. dot social slash at feces um which is another pet peeve. I don't like the at symbol in the URLs uh, because I forget to type it. Uh, but uh, the and it looks bad. But uh, it looks it, it's it's it clutters it up just like a feces. But uh, yeah, we we have uh, you've no need to use the federated. I feel like a lot of people get really hung up on that when they first join uh, Mastodon. Is like oh I I need to use all of these timelines that I have and this is so confusing. It's like no you don't. You don't have to look at Federated at all. It's like if you're bored, you can look at Federated. Um, or if you like are bored, you can look at Local or whatever. But you don't. it's not even like loaded by default. Um, in Mastodon, you basically, if you go to the website, you get like uh, four columns. You get a stupid compose column with the dumb little cartoon Mastodon at the bottom, um, which is just like if you're going to draft a tweet uh it's just you type in the thing there's images and stuff and then you have a home column that's just like classic twitter and then you have notifications and then that's people at mentioning you and and faving things and retweets and follows uh 
there's direct messages and you can make lists just like you can on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Slide uh, into my DMs. Yeah. So you don't need to use federated or local. Even if you're on a large instance and you're like, oh no, it's too overwhelming. It's like, don't look at it. Like, it's fine. You'll, you'll live, you'll live your life. <laughs> just like if you're on Twitter, cause it's just, just the home, home is basically Twitter. Home, yeah. home is where the Twitter is. Home is where home is where the Twitter is, and it's <laughs> but it's not where the heart is. No, because uh, I I I don't want to be on Twitter right now. Like like we said, um, I know there's a, there are reasons for a lot of people to be on Twitter. Uh, it is a publishing platform. I feel like uh, where if you have a lot of followers and you make a thing, you can send out a link into the world about the thing that you made, and it will get traction because there are a lot of people there uh, and they will look at things and be like, Hey, what's up? Um, I'm going to pass this on to all the people I know. Uh, or, or, you know, odds are somebody will quote tweet it and say, this, this thing you made is trash. Look at everybody gather around and talk about what trash this is. Uh, Cause that's just, that's how Twitter works. There, there are no quote tweets on Mastodon, but uh, I feel like a lot of people who have a large following on Twitter, would be very put off by joining Mastodon, where if you send out a message and you have like ten followers, that uh, it's not it's not going to get the traction yeah. that it was going to get on Twitter. I mean, honestly, um, we've talked about this before. Like that is a big that is a big factor, and mm -hmm. it's understandable, but it also does sort of leave you wondering how much of the anti anti hype is based in that like no no we don't like this because if i go over there i have to do put in the work of rebuilding my my follower you know base or or what have you and it seems like a lot of the people who have been on mastodon for a while i'm not even talking about myself but people before me and um and the mastodon creator sort of are not big into follow you know into this being a place where that is the forefront of your motivation for stuff um and so i think that's kind of an interesting difference between the two platforms what the the like social and i don't mean social and social network i mean like human beings and sort of their expectations and the I don't know, the feels surrounding all of it. I know some people hate that term, but yeah, the feels surrounding it and how how it differs in terms of your use of it and how you see things involved with it. Yeah. Uh, and and, I, and I, I should say that uh, if I had a business that needed to publish things, I would still have a Twitter presence at least to hit the publish button. Um, and indeed uh defocused and unhelpful suggestions accounts uh still send out things when episodes go up mm -hmm. um but it's not uh, a situation where i need to be there like marinating in conversations people are having um on a personal level so i'm, I'm not going to be there uh, uh but um I, I I think that there, like you said, there are people who are kind of hung up on like, oh, it's not huge yet, so I can't, can't you know, transition. Yeah. yeah, I can't I can't be there because it's a waste of my time uh, because I'm not gonna get traction on my my thingies that I need to put up. But uh, I I don't yeah, like I said, I don't care about that. I care about the social interactions that I'm having, which uh, I find have been um, improved. Uh, I I went I went basically like almost a week without seeing like horrible political things back and forth. Uh, and that's not because I'm ignoring politics cause I'm reading the, the news. I actually subscribe to the LA times and I'm getting the, the, uh, the, the sort of email that they send out that looks like a front page of a newspaper. And it's like, Oh, you guys are cute. Uh, like that's <laughs> not how anybody <laughs> reads their news, but, uh, it, it, you know, you get, you get your headlines and you can click through for the, the articles and stuff. And it, it, it just, there's so much more, that can be said and done in a 24 hour window in terms of composing a thought than what I find Twitter does, which is a sort of a rapid fire, uh, constant hot take commentary on news as it's occurring. Um, which, uh, I realized that I didn't really, I was not benefiting from, and I would argue most people 
don't benefit from. Um, but uh, no matter who you follow on Twitter, and it's, I know there's a lot of people who say like, oh, well, I just unfollow this person and I mute this thing. And it's like, well, without third-party clients, you can't like mute keywords. You have to mute entire accounts indefinitely. Uh, so it's just like, I, what's the point of that? Because everybody says something about politics on there um, or passes around something on politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just... Uh, just a lot of like it, it sort of it just encourages a lot of uh vitriol and uh sort of impotent rage since it's not focused on actually changing anything it just a lot of like anger just sort of bubbles around um i i i, I don't care for that no neither do i and i think like yeah you've you've hit you've hit the nail on the head with that one um honestly i have not used twitter in the same way that I used to use Twitter and like what I got joy out of Twitter for in a while. Like I still, I'm still there to see and follow people who don't exist in other places. Um, like w- with interesting stuff that they're sharing. I, I love seeing that. And also I'm, you know, sharing links to like podcasts and things, but for the most part, uh, my Twitter stream in the past little while has been like automated things that go there. Um, and I'm sorry if anyone out there who follows me on Twitter was like, Oh yes, this is all personally curated, but really it's just sort of like posts that come from Instagram. They get IFTTT over and things like that. I did end up stopping my, um, automatic connection between Twitter and, uh, Mastodon for Twitter. I have it on still for Instagram, but for Twitter, I have it turned off. So it does not automatically uh, carry over. And yeah, I, I like it's I, I don't know. I don't I don't have any final statements on it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying absolutely 100 percent for sure. Twitter is gone. Mastodon is the thing that's going to win. But mm, yeah. um, it's nice that there's another place with cool people that I enjoy, uh, you know, reading and, and sending funny jokes and things back and forth. And it doesn't feel like it's like condoning bad behavior of a company and doesn't run me the risk of, of harassment and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people are focused on like, Oh, this needs to be, a killer in order for me to adopt it like uh, the same sort of problem that you know people have when they're writing about like the the iphone killer or you know ipad killer or whatever stuff like that where people just sort of salaciously pump it up to a level where it's like it must completely dominate the market and it's like no like as long as i can have uh entertainment which is primarily what i'm seeking out of that uh with the social interactions then that's fine i've got my bases covered uh and if I am, uh, that used to be something where I could get that from Twitter. Um, and I found that in- increasingly it was not the case and that things that Twitter as a brand were fo- focused on, uh, were not things that I was primarily interested in for that kind of experience, which is fine. Like everybody can like different things. So I can just be on Mastodon doing my thing and people can be on Twitter doing their thing. Um, uh, but, uh, I, I just, uh, am a proponent proponent of people doing whatever it is that makes them happy uh and amen uh, yeah you, you do you is i believe the uh old expression that mark twain used to say um but that uh is definitely the kind of thing where or this is the position that i have where i just like i i'm not going to advocate that you necessarily need to be on mastodon i'm not going to tell you that like if you're on Mastodon, you're going to have like a huge social following and like all of this uh, amazing attention will be poured and heaped upon you um, because it won't be. Uh, and that you're <laughs> just going to kind of be like in Twitter in the early days uh, kind of experience. And if that never appealed to you uh, and all the, the, the techie weird parts of it didn't appeal to you then don't worry about it uh i should also we should also mention that um the the mastodon clients continue to be a uh source of uh sadness because they they're not they're not super great all of them um there are things that are in beta that uh are better or worse or things the website's not 
so bad if you kind of tweak some of the customizations of it. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of the experience you're at right now. It's like if you if you were leaving Twitter because of the death of third party clients, and then you go over here, you're gonna be like, oh wow. These these third party clients are dead too, <laughs> um, it, not because uh, of them. They never reached a position on this platform where there is enough people to really seriously invest uh, software development. So most of these clients are all web views or uh, 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 like electron apps or things like that where it's like it's just another way of filtering web information and displaying it so they, they don't, none of them are especially pretty uh but they they function for what they do which is post the things post the things and uh yeah i think i think that's all well said um i would like to bring on the next section of mm-hmm. of uh, the podcast, which I don't have a name for yet, um, but I'm currently calling the name generator section. Oh, <laughs> as we as I mentioned last time, I said I was going to try to keep up doing uh, name generator memes in each episode, unless Joe said you mustn't. And so this week we are doing the AOL. Uh, online screen name generator. And of course, we will include a link in the show notes so that you can play along at home. But mm-hmm. my name is going to be, let's see, first name M, middle name D, baby, and last name S. Okay, my name is Lil Baby 3000. That's B A B E E 3000. Lil Baby 3000. Joe, I know uh, your middle name's not Thunder, uh, mm, so you'll have no. to tell me what your yours is. I am Cool Ranch Monster Playa. <laughs> cool Ranch Monster Playa. Logging yes. on. What would uh, your uh, status be? What would your AOL <laughs> status be right now? I, well, I would. Uh, back in the day, I used to have quite a curated selection of uh, of statuses, and uh, one of my favorites was "oot in a boot," where I would spell it with two O's and a T, and then "about" with a B O O T. So, aha, uh-huh. yeah, Cool Ranch Monster Slayer is mm-hmm. uh, "oot in a boot." <laughs> yes. So I guess yeah, like, I was I was oh. so cool that I could say that and everybody would be like, wow, what a cool status uh, cool. that you have. Cool Ranch Monster Slayer, you know, he's ooting a boot, just uh, yeah. running around eating some Dorito- Doritos. I don't I don't even know how to say Doritos in that kind of accent, but I'll, uh, yeah, Cool Ranch Monster <laughs> Slayer. I'm a little baby 3000. It's nice to meet you. All of our Canadian listeners are going to be so upset. <laughs> Sorry about or, that. Or people in... Fargo, North People Dakota. People in suppose. Fargo, yeah, that's kind of uh, where I was going. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't like to mess with the uh, my my dear friends up in uh, uh, Manitoba. You know those 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 folks up there, they're great. They're real salt of the earth kind of people. So wow. let's uh, <laughs> move on to the next thing. You know there were some uh, some some new potential Mac uh, announcements that uh, we saw. It's going to be a mm-hmm. Pro Mac Mini, maybe, and an updated MacBook Air. Is that my understanding? I forget what the second one was. I remember the Pro Mac, uh, Pro Mac Mini. Yeah. Um. I okay. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, part part one of the benefits of being on Mastodon was that I I have only heard about this a lot, very very vaguely on podcasts that I have listened to. Um, and I had no interest in actually reading the original reporting by Bloomberg because it sounded like there was very uh, there was scant I- information about uh, what what this was rumored to be. So it, I was not super invested in finding out any more than than that. I'm going to actually need you to tell me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, why why I I, I should. Uh, read the Bloomberg piece. <laughs> no, no, you sh- you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, there's no reason to. Um, this is Apple's planning uh, its first upgrade to the Mac Mini in about four years. It's a desktop. Oh, wait, we know that. Um, it is. Oh, wow. So 
Apple's going to focus on pro users, which means new storage and processor options. So it could be more expensive, um, but it'll also pack in more power. Uh, we talked a little bit about this, I believe, on Clockwise. And my whole takeaway is that I would expect and hope that this machine will just be sort of the uh, either supplemental machine for pros who want to have a like home server kind of dealy, um, or it will be a good home media server. So either, uh, you know, a server for storing and, and maybe running a website or something like that. But then, uh, the other opportunity would be a, a home media server, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure who, <laughs> where or who would be interested in the Mac Mini, other than the people that have been shouting at it, shouting about it for a while. Um, but I think that'll be interesting to see how well it does in the sort of MacBook Pro slash iMac world we're living in right now. And this this low cost MacBook, I think, is that is the thing that I'm most excited about because. Time and time again, I get asked by family and friends like, hey, what Mac should I get? I don't want to spend $2,400. And when you start to get down close to that $1,000 range, things get pretty crummy pretty fast. So I like the option for a low-cost MacBook that is more akin to what the MacBook Air was when it was in its prime and sort of every writer everywhere had a MacBook Air and um, many more people were able to use that machine to do what they needed. Yeah, um, I, I I agree that of the two things that uh, the low-cost MacBook is the more interesting one to me. Uh, I... Uh, had been put off for a long time by the expense of upgrading uh, to uh, Apple's ever increasingly expensive things um, because they, they're so, so expensive. So expensive. Um, which is weird because when I bought my first MacBook uh, Pro 15 inch uh, in 2007, I think I paid 2500 for that or 2300 for that. Uh, and then it went down to like 1600 for the 2011 MacBook Pro. Uh, and it was like, oh, wow, this is so great. Uh, like they, they're 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 cutting the prices on things and making things that are actually economical because they had been skewered for so long for making really expensive hardware that um, was overpriced. And then uh, they seem to have swung that pendulum back a little um, where uh, I just recently bought uh, the, the 2018 MacBook Pro and uh, it cost money. But it had I had an option at the time uh, that I was looking for uh, a laptop replacement, I maybe would have considered a low cost one. Uh, the MacBook Air is sort of a well-rounded machine. Um, it just is long in the tooth. Uh, because it hasn't seen the updates that the other parts of the line have seen. But uh, in many ways, that's kind of also what seems to make it attractive to people because the keyboard isn't one of the weird keyboards. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the port situation, it has USB-A ports, uh, which are easier to plug things into because it turns out that we have somehow managed to make a lot of devices that have USB-A cables uh, and plugs and things over the years. Uh, but And it has a MagSafe for charging, which a lot of people also find desirable because MagSafe uh, just pops out if you like drag it or bump the notebook off the table or something like that. And, <laughs> you know, there, there are those things. But, but uh, yeah, I, I, I am more interested in this kind of thing because I feel like that segment of the market does need to be updated because it doesn't have the retina screen. It doesn't have uh, uh, like the most modern processors. And also it doesn't have the, like the super fast SSD stuff that the new MacBook Pros have. And it doesn't have uh, uh, USB-C support if that is the future technically. I don't know. I, again, <laughs> I, I'm on the fence weighing like USB-A versus USB-C. Like maybe just keep the USB-A ports um, just, just by virtue of... Uh, people being able to plug things in. But uh, yeah, I, 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 
I would I would have definitely considered something like this, something that would be MacBook Air like, but updated because it would have probably have met all of my needs for podcasting, um, except for maybe screen size, because I can't imagine they're going to make a 15 inch one of whatever this low cost one is going to be. Um, if anything, we're going to wind up with another 11 and 13 situation or 12 and 13 situation. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I mean, would you be interested in a new low cost uh MacBook because you you personally use a MacBook Pro, right? Yeah, no, this isn't def like this would not be for me. Um, again, when it comes to family and friends asking, "Hey, what MacBook should I get?" They have no need for a MacBook Pro and don't want to spend the money on a MacBook Pro. Uh, and right now, if they tell me that, then I say, "Don't get a Mac," um, because the lower cost options I feel are not not worth it. Um, and so that now that this, this one exists, so we've got this machine that, or, you know, that could exist, I should say, uh, I feel a lot better about making that recommendation, uh, or I will rather if, if this machine lives up to sort of what the, again, what the air was in its heyday, um, then I think that it's going to be a worthy choice for people. And so I can say, okay, now, you know, you weren't comfortable spending, um, the money to get an upgrade to the MacBook Pro, and you really don't need a MacBook Pro. But I think that like uh, the current MacBook is a too expensive and b underpowered to deliver what you need. So now there is something that's available to you. Check it out. Here it is. Yeah, yeah, and. and it would make a difference for schools who are buying lots of laptops because I'm given to understand that the MacBook Air is very popular for schools yes. uh, who, who are who are buying things. So I would assume that Apple is catering to that market. Um, but uh, we'll just see, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those... It's one of those things where it's very difficult to predict exactly what it will be. Um, and I don't think that the rumors as I've heard them described uh, make it abundantly clear because the biggest things that are going to matter are price, uh, ports, and uh, like keyboard. Like I, I just, oh boy. <laughs> I, I think that those are the things that people are going to be up in arms about um, when this thing is unveiled. And I don't really see anything um, that, uh, or I haven't heard anything that uh, really would lead me to believe it's one thing or the other. Um, and you know, it might have a crappy keyboard just like all these other ones, but, uh, it might just be what it is and people will buy it anyways, because that's just what you're going to have to deal with if they get rid of the MacBook air, um, and replace it with this, you know, that's what, that's one way to drive up sales of crappy keyboards <laughs> to make them <laughs> the only ones you can buy. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah. I guess I, that's, that's probably the motivation behind all of this. Truly. No, I don't think that, um, <laughs> that's the motivation, but yeah, if, if that's all you have, then that's all you have. Um, we'll see, I guess. I mean, as always, there's not a whole lot else, uh, whole lot else to say right now i think until uh we see what apple chooses to announce um is there anything about the mac mini update that would interest you i i know that it's uh, yeah sort of it's a sort, sort of ceremonial complaint um that people have about <laughs> the, the the apple products is just like oh this this hasn't been updated in all these years it's an embarrassment and it's like yeah but you weren't are you, you buying? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so for me, I it depends um, because right now I have a MacBook Pro, uh, but I use it so much as a desktop device that um, it like I, I don't I hardly ever use it as a laptop. Uh, occasionally, when I need to go places uh, and and have my machine there, then I do. But most of the time, it's in clamshell mode, just sitting on my desk. If there was a machine that offered everything that was Mac OS and gave me similar power that I can find in my MacBook Pro, I would absolutely be on board with this. And here's why. Because one of the things that, because I've been told plenty of times, Mike could just get uh, an iMac. Yes, I think that would be great, but I am 
the opposite of jazzed about the idea of having two unmatching displays. Um, I work with I work on two monitors that are on display arms that are connected to, like I said, my MacBook Pro. And when I think about having a Mac, an iMac on one side and then a display that is not the exact same shape, size and look as the iMac, it really makes my skin crawl, which I realize is ridiculous, but it is how I feel. And so if I could have a Mac mini that offers, like I said, the same power as my MacBook Pro, but then gets to serve as my desktop computer and frees up my laptop to be this machine that I can take with me and move around and stuff, that would be fantastic. Because right now, I would use my laptop more in mobile situations if it wasn't always plugged in because I have to make sure that all of the the drives that are connected to it are ejected and make sure that, you know, the there's not an SD card plugged into it. It's, all of this stuff has to I have to make sure it's unplugged and and turned off and this and that and the other in order to take it and move it around. And so oftentimes I'll just go, eh, I don't want to work on my laptop elsewhere that much that I want to unplug it and go through that whole process. So yeah, I would really be jazzed by uh, an I'm, I mean, a Mac, I can't speak. I would really be jazzed by a Mac mini pro that could serve as my desktop PC connected to these displays that I already have. That would be so awesome. So fingers okay. crossed. I, I just want to say I don't want to interrupt you when you're in your in, in in that in that impassioned speech about um displays, but I really I really want to agree with you. I I am the Meryl Streep uh, shouting and pointing uh, at Viola Davis GIF right now because <laughs> I I I hate absolutely hate uh, whenever I see somebody uh, working on a system where there's two different size monitors ah! and they're two different like. Uh, do like gammas and densities and stuff and viewing angles and I'm just like how do you, how do you do that? Yeah, or like the the uh, MacBook Pro up next to like a gigantic monitor or vice versa. I yeah, nope, not for yeah. me. No thanks. No. When when Apple uh, unveiled uh, the the 2016 MacBook Pro and they were like, and look at the LG Ultrafine and it's plugged in and the screen is still open and running and it's just like nope. Never going to happen. Not in a million billion years. I would never do it. Like, either you get two matching monitors and I plug them both into it or uh, with it with it in clamshell mode or uh, or it's not happening. Like, I'm not going to. It is not a situation where I need to have two unmatching monitors, uh, even if it was like exactly the same monitor, except just an inch bigger or something or an inch smaller. <laughs> yeah, I still no. it has to be. Yeah. It has to be the same. Exactly. I feel that same way. Like I was uh, I used to work on a, a Thunderbolt display, um, which was fine at the time because I just used that machine alone. Uh, but the Thunderbolt display was already on its it wasn't on its way. I bought it like from Apple when Apple was still selling them, but it was toward the end of Apple's lifetime selling them. And when I was ready to sort of move on to the next thing, I got a like widescreen display from Dell, one of those ultra sharp displays, and I hated it. Um, and I think what I did for a time was try, try to use the ultra wide display in the like up and down in the vertical positioning uh, with the Thunderbolt display. And it was my nightmare, obviously. <laughs> and it was awful and it was terrible. And I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and so I quickly was like, nope, I'm going to figure out how what I need to do to get two matching monitors and I'm never going back. And yeah, that's that's sort of where I am right now uh, with two Dell ultra sharp, you blah, 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 blahs. Um, and they're great. And I love them and they match perfectly. And they are, you know, there's there's not even a centimeter of difference between the two of them. The only <laughs> thing I would change is it'd be super cool to have the bezels all the way gone. Yeah, uh, I think with uh, Dell monitors and their brethren, uh, Samsungs, etc., just the matte, plasticky, creaky uh, grossness of them is unpleasant. 
uh, and the LG Ultrafine also seems to suffer from that. Uh, like, there was something very nice about uh, like the Thunderbolt display in terms of how it was built, mm-hmm. like construction-wise, um, that I don't really see in the wider market. Now, having said that, I was never in a financial position where I was going to spend the money to buy two matching Thunderbolt displays, nor nor am I in a position to buy whatever the next uh, monitor Apple makes, surely. Um, but uh, f- for work, I definitely use two different monitors. Uh, for home use, I don't, I don't do that because I'm not going to... Like I said, I'd need to have two matching ones and put this in clamshell mode. So I'd rather have one 15-inch MacBook Pro uh, that has just enough screen real estate for me to do everything than to deal with the whole monitor situation. Um, But uh, at work, I have two Dell monitors and they match. And I've that's been how things have worked for years. And uh, back at uh, Sony Imageworks, I had two HP Dream Colors, and you would just it's a it's a terrific organizational tool and it also lets you uh uh view your content in a certain way uh where you can like if you're doing video stuff you can look at the entire video full screen on one monitor and still be doing stuff on the other monitor um and that's just not the kind of thing you can do with window controls with a singular monitor um where if you just had like one enormous 27 inch uh 5k display you can't like subdivide that in a convenient way because most tools are like full screen or not. Um, so it, it, just having two monitors is, is uh, a terrific reason to go with something like a Mac mini. Uh, if presumably if it has enough power to actually drive the monitors, right. um, uh, I would, I would assume so, but I believe the 13 inch MacBook pro can s- still only drive one monitor. Is that right? Uh, if it's the five K, I am not, yeah, I'm not positive. Yeah. That, that's, that sounds right, though. Yeah, I, they, they sort of made it kind of confusing because I believe you can you can power like several uh, like HD class, I would say, ish monitors. Um, but when you get up into the, the 4, 4K uh, and 5K monitors, um, it sort of gets restricted weirdly. Also with bandwidth stuff and the number of different ways you have to plug things into other things. So you know whatever we'll see we'll see what it is when it comes out but um i i know that a lot of people use it for server things for like mac stadium um i know makes a lot of like uh like uh servers that you can virtualize different tasks to uh so you're not like maintaining your own personal mac mini um at home uh, as a server but they basically have like a bunch of rack mounted mm-hmm. <laughs> mac minis um, that you can run your Mac specific software on. Um, so like, I'm sure they're jazzed. Uh, I would be surprised if Apple didn't take their needs into consideration with this, but uh, we'll see. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think again, it's going to come down to price and ports. Um, like I, I, I don't know. Like if it's a Mac Mini Pro, but it's got four USB C ports, uh, like a 15 inch macbook pro um and that's it and one of those is used for power then it would be kind of sad um because <laughs> uh, i believe a lot of people rely on uh, flexibility of like uh with current mac mini you can like plug in ethernet and stuff um like i see no reason for a desktop to lose that functionality uh and of course the imac pro um you can still do all that uh and it still has usb a ports on the imac pro so it, it it was in addition to USB-C Thunderbolt ports, so it would be it would be interesting if they go more in that route, where it's it's kind of a, a more flexible machine than maybe the the laptops have been. Uh, I think that would serve a lot of people's home uses um, uh, in many ways that uh, are, are currently not served with the the laptop situation. And if it's priced appropriately. Then it could be a situation where you have your laptop you can take with you on the road and you have your home computer um, where it's going to you know manage to do all the stuff that you need it to do because it's flexible and it's cheap enough. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Because that, that is, of course, one of the main selling points is like the Mac Mini was to get a, at a certain price point. And if that price point thing is gone, then I don't know. Um, well, like, what's the point? Right. Um, that Yeah, that's part of the... That's part of the appeal, I think, um, because other than that, 
it's yeah i don't know that is that's that's like one of the main appeals of of this device for sure so i don't know what other motivation would play a role there i guess if you're like very serious about the uh peripherals you already have and you just want to have the well and i think too if it's depending on how customizable it is i do think that that is going to be a factor if if it is the precursor to this allegedly sort of upgradable mac pro plug and play mac pro that we've been hearing about if the mac mini pro offers that same sort of functionality then i think that also helps sell it as something that people would want yeah like if you took the guts of the imac pro and you put it in a tiny box um, i can see how that would be appealing even if it's more expensive uh because there's impressive stuff inside of the iMac Pro that people would be impressed by to have inside of a small box um, for monitor flexibility reasons. Um, but, uh, and it would be slightly cheaper, of course, than an iMac Pro because uh, it doesn't have a giant monitor attached to it. But you have uh, another that would, of course, be priced way higher than what they currently do. So I, I don't know, maybe they'll have a situation where they uh, have a uh, sort of introductory configuration that is you know a little less money but uh then they got the the super fancy whiz bang ultra fast ssd one for servers and things um and with uh with graphics and stuff <sighs> who knows who knows <laughs> who knows we'll just have to see we'll see we'll see what happens yes the nose knows the nose knows. Nose knows. I don't yeah. knows. No. Oh knows. <laughs> oh no. Oh knows. Uh yeah, that that's that's it, right? <laughs> yeah. We're done. <laughs> we stick a fork in me. I'm done. Mm-hmm. See I'll talk to you later, little baby three thousand. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, I forgot yours. Uh s- see you next time, cool ranch shoot monster Monster. slayer yeah (laughs) cool ranch monster slayer wait Uh that doesn't it's not just slayer that's slayer 99 it's playa oh oh my goodness i heard that wrong yeah playa it's the one below slayer um yeah dumb why did i think i need to put on glasses my Uh, my name doesn't start with it my last name doesn't start with a q (laughs) kuzensteel all right okay bye (laughs) bye Play it.